and welcome back to the TFBN studio, where this time we will be talking more in-depth on this month's news stories in the first ever TFBN podcast. So, Rugi-san, let's talk about the first story, the Minecraft 2 scam. What are your thoughts about it? Well, I think it's a little bit stink, to be quite honest, that somebody out there is targeting, targeting a scam at... Probably children that want to play this game. Um, And probably more specifically at these children's parents' wallets. Exactly. I mean, it's it's one thing to scam an adult as a Nigerian prince that needs to be bailed out with some cash. (laughs) It's something completely different. Or the long-lost royal relative you didn't know you had who passed away and needs someone to inherit the money he left behind. Exactly. One of the most interesting scams that I found on the internet the other day was somebody um, apply, was, had posted a job interview to run um, the champion, uh, sorry, the, the team that was top of some random small African football league as the manager. And somebody uh, had sent in a fake application saying that basically he had no management experience, but he was pretty good at FIFA. And they accepted his application and wanted him to fly out to Ghana. All they needed, however, was uh, a small amount of money for plane ticket deposits. And how much was the small amount of money? I don't know. I only skimmed the article. What do you think we are? A reputable news organization? I'd like to think we are, but thanks to certain budget cuts and... <laughs> and the fact that you have a panther on the team. <laughs> That's not the case. <laughs> oh. I think it's a bit crazy, too, especially on a like $7 price tags for app for phone game. I mean, that's about the same as the actual Minecraft Pocket Edition, but for what you receive, which was a sprite of Scorpion from Mortal Kombat, from top down fighting zombies. What I want to know is, is or could there be any repercussions for using Scorpion? Surely he's must. There must be copyrights all over that guy. I'm sure there are. I don't see why there wouldn't be. I mean, unless they use a really old sprite that Mortal Kombat doesn't care about anymore. I don't see how they could get away with that. Mm. Maybe perhaps Mortal Kombat's uh, developers just aren't aware of it. And who is Mortal Kombat's developers? Exactly, another example of the reputable news organization that you're watching. I do believe it's Capcom? That's your business, not mine. Uh, that's just a pure guess. There's also the fact that he uses a very, a very slightly altered version of Scott Cawthon's name, the, who is the creator of Five Nights at Freddy's. And if people were to mistakenly think that it was Scott uploading these games, I could see a defamation lawsuit in this creator's near future. Hmm. I mean, it's not like they've just, um, you know, randomly chosen some small guy that nobody's heard of, you know? It's it's Five Nights at Freddy's. It's a pretty big deal. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, people around, people are going to notice that name. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, they also said that on his account, uh, the writer, the reporter from Eurogamer, who did the initial investigation on him, found that under the same account, he also appeared to have a fake Five Nights at Freddy's and Mortal Kombat game that, when downloaded and played, were basically the same thing as the Minecraft 2. 
Hmm. Quote, unquote. Um, A quick uh, Google search has revealed that Capcom did not develop Mortal Kombat. So sorry for all of the uh, Mortal Kombat fans out there. And Capcom fans. And Capcom. I'm sure there's one or two of you. (laughs) Shots shots fired. (laughs) Shots fired. Um, Anyway. You can tell someone's um, a Marvel fan in the building. Hell yes. What's that got to do with it? Isn't it Capcom? No, yeah, it's Marvel. DC. Yes. It's no, DC. it's Capcom versus Marvel, I think. Is it? Ah. So, something like that. And, anyway. D- and DC, but that's a little bit more unofficial. Yeah, exactly. Or um, something. Anyway, anyway um, other scams that I've uh, uncovered include uh, a anti-terrorism game, which can be downloaded for your cell phone, um, which once downloaded dials long-distance and premium phone calls. Uh, including, it has been reported, a phone call to a phone line somewhere in Antarctica. I didn't know they had phone lines in Art- Antarctica. Art- well, Antarctica. Would, clearly they do, otherwise how else would the penguins call for pizza? I sort of thought they just ate fish, to be fair. I mean, On pizzas. I really thought that phone lines would just sort of freeze and break down there. I don't know it's how. It's pretty cold uh, place. <laughs> I don't know how it would work. Maybe it's satellite phones. I don't know. It's like for the one guy that lives there that takes pictures of the penguins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's him. Yeah. That's his phone. Um, what's his name? Attenborough. Is it? Uh, David Attenborough, Richard Attenborough, one of the two. Is this an actual person? It's the what? It's the it's the the nature documentary guy. I'm not a, I'm not an avid watcher of nature documentaries. The only nature documentaries you watch is Snoop Dogg. And that is because of you. <laughs> that was incredibly funny. Um, oh, the confused is, viewers who have no idea what we're talking about. I believe it may be David Attenborough. Yes, it is. David Attenborough. I have no idea is who you're talking the, about. Is the, um, is the nature documentarist new word there anyway another scam that I've discovered moving on <laughs> moving on because uh, I have no idea what you're going on about another I'll, I'll send you a link to a video you'll recognize the voice it's like famous around the world anyway okay. another scam that I've unsco- uncovered uncovered <laughs> that I've discovered um is that scammers are tricking people into paying a one-off fee, which is usually around $40 for, uh, and I'm doing air quotes here, which obviously you can't see because this is a podcast, um, for unlimited game downloads. Um, Instead, all you get is links to file-sharing websites. (laughs) So congratulations to anyone that fell for that. Yeah. Yeah, you've just spent 40 bucks for nothing. You're also not that bright if you thought a $40 one-time fee would get you unlimited games. That is true. That's very I true. I can barely get one game for that price. <laughs> what? W- oh, okay, speaking of pricing then, what would you say is the most expensive game you've ever bought? Crusader Kings 2. How much was that? Can you remember? With all of the expansion packs, it was almost $200. Whoa! That's At least impressive. That's how much I'm- it's worth, I believe. <laughs> I'm well and truly beat, because when I got Crusader Kings 2, it was worth about $12. Really? No, oh no, sorry, no it wasn't, it was 40 because I got all the expansion packs as well. 
But remember, I got it like 700 years after it was released. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that is true. Anyway, I'm pretty sure we... I got it discounted too, but not as much. Yeah, I got it on Paradox's supermassive Steam weekend sale. I did as well, so I guess I probably did only pay 40 bucks, but it's worth about 200 and that's the price I'm saying I paid because it makes me feel better about myself. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um, anyway, moving on to our next story, which was Minecraft Education Edition. We're going to do some learnings. Yeah, we're going to do some learnings and some teachings. I'll do some teachings and you can do some learnings. I'm pretty sure I know so, more about Minecraft than you, so I don't know about that. But I'm pretty sure I know more about Minecraft Education Edition than you. Because sure. I watched a video. Because we're a reputable news organization. <laughs> Therefore, we watched somebody else's video. <laughs> exactly. We watched, To be fair, we watched one of the developers' videos, so that does count as research. Yeah, so, definitely. So I discovered that Minecraft Education Edition is basically Minecraft but slightly different. Okay. I'm not learning anything yet. Oh, sorry, did you want me to go into more detail? Yes, please. Okay, <laughs> okay right. Well, uh, you basically, there's two different, uh, I, just, I suppose you'd call them classes. You can enter the game as a student or a teacher. Um, teachers obviously have all the power. Um, you get the ability to... So what you're saying is that Minecraft Education Edition is discriminative based on age. Exactly. Okay. It's ageist. <laughs> you heard it here first, people. Organized protests, boycotts around the world, complain to Microsoft, we have an ageist game in our midst. <laughs> that should have been the lead story. Is it good? Admittedly, admittedly, the game has been around since 2011, so we're a little bit late on this bandwagon, but we are obviously a reputable news organization. You said organization. bandwagon, right? Yeah. I thought you said panda wagon for a second. <laughs> We're late on this panda wagon. <laughs> oh dear. Oh wow. Oh dear. Anyway, um, you, as a teacher, you gain all the power. You can freeze students where they are. Um, you can mute them so they're not talking over you. You can set assignments in the game that appear as sort of uh, in the same sort of area as the achievements do. Um, students push M and they bring up all of the information that you've set them. Um, and that can be from something as simple as the one that he was demonstrating in the video, which was learn how to play Minecraft, to as complicated as construct a replica of a Viking longboat if you wanted to. That sounds gloriously fun. So the okay, the question is then, if that doesn't sound like fun, what would, in school, if you were a teacher, what would you use Minecraft for to educate your children? Or would you use it at all? I would probably use it. I mean, I, I sort of like the idea of the Viking longbow. I just think it sounds very tedious and complicated. Maybe that I think that maybe is a project more appropriate for perhaps high school age. As when I was young enough to find Minecraft an interesting thing to do in school, I would not have known what a Viking longboat was. Never mind how to build one. That's ironic because when I was young enough to find Minecraft fun in school, Minecraft hadn't been invented. <laughs> it hadn't been invented either for me, so don't worry. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. It was so, what would you, so what age would you use Minecraft for? Do you think it has any benefits for sort of younger children? I think it has a lot of benefit for younger children. Like, 
I'd say in the elementary group from kindergarten to perhaps grade six, maybe grade seven. As I find one of the biggest complaints with elementary or primary kids is that they have a hard time sitting still. Mm. And I and that's just because they have a lot of energy. And I think using a game like Minecraft is a good way to mediate this because it's a way to keep their attention. Yeah. Without yeah. them going crazy on other kids or on equipment in the class. Yeah. So you mentioned that the Viking longboat would be more suited to high school. Do you think that there is any sort of application that mine, well, is there any way that Minecraft can be used as a high school learning tool or do you think that most uh, sort of older children have outgrown it? Well, to say most children have outgrown Minecraft will make me feel bad because I'm 20 and I play Minecraft. So I'm not mm. going to say that. I'm not going to go to that length. But to be fair, I think the majority of people that play Minecraft are probably what? Maybe in the 10 to 15 age bracket? So they're relatively older children. Yeah, I think so. I think though. For an education, from an education standpoint, I don't, just basic Minecraft, I don't see a lot that a high schooler could really learn from it. Mm. That would be any different than learning it in any other method. I mm. do think that what could be an interesting thing to do, and might be something that would be for specialized classes, such as a computer programming or something along those lines, mm. would be to teach command blocks or redstone. Yeah, yeah, that's that's quite a good um, good idea. I mean, redstone's gonna teach you a whole lot of things about the real world. Yeah, like everything, like things tend to be complicated and a pain in the ass. Mm, exactly, but. and if you sit still for long enough and really think hard, you'll still end up confused. <laughs> that's what I've learned from redstone over the years. <laughs> I don't know about you. I haven't learned much from Redstone over the years. I tend to try. We, I mutually, Redstone and I mutually try to ignore each other's existences, and that works out just fine for me. Basically, the only advantage that I've seen to actually having Redstone in Minecraft is that it's going to increase the income of the YouTubers who do tutorials. <laughs> yep. Because basically, everyone that wants to attempt it watches a tutorial before they do it. And watches the tutorial about four or five times and then just gives up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. At least that's what I do. Exactly. I could also see it being, the building aspect of it being used for like an art class or something like that in high really? school or, or middle school. Maybe there's a lot, like there's potential there, but I don't, beyond elementary, I don't see it being particularly useful because in elementary, even still, the only use I can really see is keeping students' attention. I suppose the other thing that you could um, use it for, not necessarily the game itself, but the sort of background of the game, it would be in a sort of uh, a business or economics class, sort of like a, a cheaper uh, download-only, non-hard copy version of a game that's done incredibly well based on you know, let's face it, not particularly much in terms of what the game actually is. Mm. Mm. Anyway, the next story we had was the twenty, uh, the game that con games console that had been running for twenty years. Yes. Yes. Um, no. We're completely forgetting good guy Microsoft here. Good guy, Microsoft? What was that? And the $8,000 refund the guy got. Oh! Yeah. Okay, let's talk about this. Let Come on. 
You go first because I'm about to let rip into this small child. So <laughs> he's seventeen. This slightly older small child. <laughs> I'd like to remind you, he's not much younger than I am. <laughs> okay, continuing on. Yes. So what? Ha so if those of you that watch the news will remember, will remember that what happened is. A man had received an $8,000 charge to his credit card after his son had spent it on uh, FIFA. We'll just, we should rephrase that after an idiot spent it on. That idiot is still his son, regardless of his intelligence. Okay, carry on. Spent it on FIFA points in Microsoft, for Microsoft's FIFA game. FIFA Ultimate Team of some kind. Yeah. And... After so for so for those of you that don't know what FIFA Ultimate Team is, uh, is basically a version of FIFA where they give you a, a, a team of players and then you use FIFA points, which you either earn by playing matches or you buy using real-world dollars to gain extra players. And it's easy to figure out which one he chose. Yes. And he somehow managed to put that to the tune of $8,000 to which his father was then able to go to Microsoft and get a full refund due to the fact okay. that he was 17. So, the first thing then that we really need to ask is, as a father, or mother in your case... I hope I'm never anyone's father. <laughs> <laughs> I will be but very confused. <laughs> hypothet hypothetically speaking, if you adopted a child at Walmart, I hate you. <laughs> if you adopted a child at Walmart, <laughs> would you, one, give your child access to a credit card at 17 years old? No. Two, would you, let's assume that you had given him access to a credit card, would you not set a limit on that credit card or set the limit so high that he could spend $8,000 on a game? Well, assuming I was dumb enough to give him the credit card in the first place, no, I would not set. I I would set a limit. Although, if I was dumb enough to give him the credit card, I can assume I'm not smart enough to set a limit. That is a fair point. Would you say that the father's reasoning for giving the child a credit card—that it was for emergencies and that sort of thing—he never gave. He never gave such reasoning. I'm sure he did on one of the articles I read. Ah, okay. Um. I can see the reasoning behind because, that, but because I because we're because we're a reputable news organization, we didn't go to the the source. We went to other people's articles. <laughs> anyway, carry on. Shush. <laughs> we should call this segment secondhand news. Secondhand news. <laughs> uh, anyway, carry on. You were saying it's like how if you have older siblings, you get their secondhand clothes, except. <laughs> News. <laughs> Hand me down news. <laughs> Hand me down news network. <laughs> uh, which means we're slightly we, we in the in the grand scheme of things, uh, we sit slightly behind um, magazines such as Women's Day in terms of the news that we report, and slightly ahead of some of those really terrible news organisations like. Fox News, for example. I was about to say that. <laughs> Ooh, shots fired in America. Twice in one episode. We await your probably ridiculous response. Yes, continue. Anyways, as I was saying, 
What was I saying? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I'd said um, something along the lines of uh, oh, family emergencies. Would you give a child a credit card for a family emergency? Which was what this guy's excuse was. And seeing as you've already said you wouldn't give him a credit card, how would you have dealt with the situation? I mean, I could see why it might be an idea to give a child a credit card for emergencies, but it would have like a limit of like $200, if that. I disagree. I agree it should have been a debit card with access to a bank account, which you control the exact amount of money that is in that account. I don't I really mean, understand why a 17-year-old doesn't have his own bank account. I really don't. That's a good point. I, I had access... That's it. No, I do understand exactly. Because he can spend $8,000 on a game. <laughs> what does he need a, a bank account for? <laughs> exactly. He's not going to have any money in it. He's going to spend it all on a game. I'd rather him spend his own money than mine. <laughs> mm, true. Any, anyway, anyway. We've but... just talked about the father. I suppose we should spend some time talking about the son. He's not any smarter. <laughs> is he thick or is he lying? He's lying. He's got to be lying. I'm sorry, I went on, I did some research. For those that um, don't remember, the son claimed that he thought it was a one-time purchase. Mm, exactly. So what? let's go through what he's saying here. He's basically saying, look, I went to a store or a website and I downloaded a game or bought a game for $60. Mm-hmm. I then made a one-off purchase of $8,000 to be able to use it, which is basically what he's saying. Basically. So I'm assuming we clearly don't believe him. Um, I don't believe him because I did some research. Um, I could have booted up my own copy of FIFA, but instead I took to the internet and read what other people had to say. And I discovered that, uh, <laughs> because I've never played FIFA Ultimate Team myself, um, I discovered that to make a purchase with actual real-world money, you have to go through several different screens which ask you to confirm your payment, confirm your credit card details, confirm everything, like literally everything, including whether you own Goldfish, and before you can actually spend your money. Which would I would like to say this. Before this recording, I did try to play devil's advocate and say that perhaps that FIFA was being a little bit shady on its purchasing process, and this completely disputes that. Absolutely. So I tried to I tried to help the kid. I really did, but he's he's just he's just stupid. Beyond help. And I just. I tried to Absolutely. assume shady business practices, and in fact, it's just shady parenting practices. Yeah. Particularly in the teaching area, as this so child's I, a couple marbles short of a full set. I guess the other thing, then, that we need to talk about is microtransactions in general. Are Does that stupid. get a tick from you? Or, well, now you've answered the question. It clearly gets a big thumbs down from you, a dislike button on Facebook. Which I still need to add that, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we had in the news, um, for those of you just joining us um, for the first time this month, in last month's, I think it was last month? Yeah, we had a very similar story where uh, a 
boy in the UK had spent £5,000 on a game in Jurassic World. See, the difference is, is this boy can sort of get away with not understanding it because he's seven. Because he was also buying dinosaurs, which are just, like, freaking cool. Not cards. Also, he's seven. He's missing that one in front of the number. Yes. That's... that's that's just in case the seventeen year old is listening to this. So just so that you've got your math straight. <laughs> <laughs> so so that um, basically was uh, the father wanting to get a refund from Apple in that case, was yes, it? Yes, which he did eventually get the refund. Um, so Apple refunded him for that. Um, Microsoft refunded uh, the guy in this case, the $8,000, yes? Yes. And so, there was initially, you, you, initially they weren't going to. They only agreed to it when they found out that he was under 18. And I doubt that was because they felt bad for the dad or the kid. But rather, because they're Microsoft. But rather because the dad and the kid are Canadian. And speaking from experience, as a Canadian, it's any purchase made with a credit card by someone under the age of 18 is considered invalid. It's how I get out of scam pe- people trying to scam me over the phone. I just tell them I'm under 18, and then they stop asking for my credit card. <laughs> so you're learning all sorts of things on TFBN today. Um, you should call this TFBN Education Edition. If you're, uh, if you're Canadian and you get a call from someone trying to get your credit card information, just say you're 17. Even if you're not, they'll leave you alone. <laughs> and uh, if the, if you're um, from New Zealand, I don't think we have that sort of uh, loophole that we can get away with. Uh, if it's a door-to-door salesman, though, um, most people tend to keep crowbars beside their doors <laughs> for that situation. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> so you, oh, you wow. clearly think that microtransactions are a bad idea. Absolutely. Um, now... There's one other um, Especially in kids' games. Yep. There's one other um, sort of instance that I'd like to bring up. Uh, this was uh, Sony on this time, Sony Online Entertainment's uh, upcoming uh, zombie game H1Z1. Yes. Um, basically, they have uh, added an update where fans uh, can get airdrops, um, which are paid for using real money. Uh, it's effectively pay to win. Um, now, a lot of fans are upset by this because when they purchased the early access of the game, there was no indication that there was going to be any sort of feature like this added at the time. Um, so basically, they bought a game thinking that they would get a fair go, and now they've discovered that to actually stand a chance in it, they need to pay more money. That is absolute shit. Yeah. Um, and I think Sony sort of have realized this because they are offering fans um, who purchase the game as of the uh, half past 10 on the 16th of January uh, until Monday, uh, which in case you're listening to this podcast has already passed because we are a uh, reputable news organization reporting you the latest news on time every time. <laughs> so they they were offering a full refund. Um, the developer of the game, called John Smedley, um, posted uh, on Reddit, uh, and I'm quoting here, uh, 
I am going to quote, sorry, as soon as I found my notes on the quote. <laughs> <laughs> because we are a reputable news organization. <laughs> um, Someday we'll even have our own logo and everything. Right, here we go. He said, he said um, that airdrops will be receiving some tweaks in the near future. Um, but here's the quote. Without these changes, I think it's fair to call airdrops pay to win. Um, it's unfortunate that the refund policy only lasts until Monday as fans who are interested to see what these changes are won't get a second chance. Um, so even the developer himself is basically saying you need to pay money to win this game. They are changing it so that you won't have to, but if you decided to keep hold of the game to see how it goes and things don't change, you now no longer have the option of a refund. That is utter shit. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I think in all three of these cases, you've got to give some sort of credit to the publisher or whoever, you know, Sony, Microsoft and Apple, and that they are either refunding the money or offering refunds to those who purchased the game. But should they have made... uh, the the you know microtransactions so prevalent should they have made them so necessary uh what are your thoughts i personally i don't like the idea of microtransactions at all i mean i understand why they're there especially on free to play games i'm not as bothered by them yeah obviously because they have to make their money somehow but i would much rather a game be laden with advertisements than be pay to win if I'm sorry, but going back to this FIFA thing, if you've paid sixty US dollars in New Zealand, it's like, it, or it was when it came out, like a hundred bucks. If you're paying that sort of money for a game, and then I'm I mean, still having to buy, pay for content. Yeah, I would be absolutely just pissed because I, I honestly believe that you should have to pay for content, like in the old days for PC with expansion packs, or now with with DLC. Providing that DLC adds substantial content to the game. Something that's actually worth being its own thing. Yeah, yeah. like an addition, uh, extension of the story or perhaps multiplayer compatibility or something like it that. Has a, that's a, a, feature, a feature that's worth paying for. Yeah, no, I completely understand that. But I feel like in something with the FIFA, for an example, where you're buying, essentially you're buying characters. Yeah, you're buying access to players. It feels like... For me, it would feel like I bought a game that I didn't get full access to. And here's here's my understanding of how Ultimate Team works. You have to pay for the player, and then he is allowed to pay play for 28 games. Then you have to purchase a contract card to extend that player's contract to get them to play for more games. So it's not even like you buy the player and then you can continue to use him you re- it's you're renting the player. Yeah, exactly. Basically. Exactly. So you're effectively pl- paying that player a salary except the player doesn't exist. So it's kind of like to me it's almost like you paid for like it's sort of the the best analogy I can think of is let's say you went to McDonald's and you ordered mm. a Big Mac mm. and all they gave you was the bread and lettuce. Yep. And they said, if you want the burger and the sauce, it's going to be an extra $2. Yes. <laughs> yep. 
that's how normal DLC works. But in FIFA's case, you would have to pay for the burger and lettuce separately. But then you would have to continue to pay once to pay once you'd taken three bites. <laughs> that's effectively how this is working. At least that's my understanding. I don't know for certain because, as we are a reputable news organisation, we've done zero research on this. Or very minimal research, at least. Yes, minimal. Sorry. I can understand that they do need, like, like for example, Elder Scrolls Online is a good example where they had, you paid initially for the game, but then you also paid a monthly fee. It's similar to World of Warcraft, I believe. I'd, I'm, I know they I did at some point. I don't know if they still do. They, they don't now. The Elder Scrolls Online is now free to play, but I don't believe in the whole subscription-based uh, content either. You know, I can, because again, I, you are paying for the game up front, mm -hmm. then you are having to pay to continue to use it. I understand why they do it, though, for online games, because they do need to pay for the servers, and those are um, rather pricey. Well, I don't know. That's debatable, isn't it? I mean, you look at other uh, online games, and I'm thinking a prime example being Minecraft and Rocket League. You don't have to pay subscriptions to either of those. Sure, if you went for a realm in Minecraft, you would have to pay to to upkeep the server, but there are plenty of um, player-run servers in Minecraft which you can play on for free. And Rocket League, I'm pretty sure Rocket League have set up those servers and don't charge people to play on them. The thing is, I don't know how Rocket League manages, but with Minecraft at least, even if you're going on a player-made server... And mm. you're not paying anything. The person who owns Someone the is. server yes. is. Yeah. Ideally, yeah. with logically speaking, with Rocket League, the same is true. Somebody is paying for the server, mm. even if I, it's not the player. So yeah. I can see with like massive games like Elder Scrolls Online or World of Warcraft on World of Warcraft or something like that, where they would ask for a subscription fee. I don't think it should be twenty or thirty dollars like how it normally is. It should be much less than that, maybe five but, or ten. But then again, you have got a lot of free to play MMOs out there that make their money through pay to win or ads. Yeah, ex exactly. Well, not necessarily pay to win. There are plenty of games out there that have microtransactions, but the only thing that you can buy with them is like cosmetic things. Where it's pay to, that, where instead of pay to win, it's pay to look nice. Exactly. Yeah. And a good example of this, I think, again because I've done very minimal research, um, is Marvel Heroes 2015. You can pay to have access to um, new outfits for your heroes, but they don't alter the way the game plays or at least they may alter the way the game plays but not in a way that's going to disadvantage players that haven't bought I can see where some developers might be a little apprehensive though as for a lot of players cosmetics is not enough of a draw in to want to pay money mm. no I agree I wouldn't pay money for cosmetic changes so I can see why some would like I can understand I don't necessarily like the idea of a monthly subscription, but I can understand where the need for one comes from. But mm. it's when you get to things like microtransactions where you're consistently paying for something, the same thing over and over again, like how e like FIFA is doing, which I can mm. only presume must be to help pay for their servers or some 
or upkeep or something of the like. It's got. Uh, I'm fairly certain that in FIFA's case, it's to pay for the upkeep of their um, presumably massive um, financial department staff and financial department and lawyers. I mean, sure, in FIFA's case, they're obviously going to have to pay huge amounts in terms of licensing, mm. both for leagues and players and clubs and all sorts of things. And they need to make money somehow, but they have always needed to pay those fees, even including way back before this whole Ultimate Team thing came around, back in, like, I don't know, FIFA, FIFA 98 or whatever. They, they still needed to, to pay those licensing fees but they didn't make you have to buy extra content all the time. And to be fair to them, you still don't have to pay to win in FIFA. You can earn the money from playing games with the team that they give you. It but just, it takes a very, very long time. But I, could, I would imagine that a majority of players would prefer to say pay, say, like a 5 or $10 monthly subscription and have all of the characters available to them from the beginning and not have to constantly rebuy them. Yeah, okay, that's yeah, and fair I'm, point. I'm sure EA, the the developers, would still make even. Mm, I'm sure. And most likely profit. Yeah. Anyway, we should probably move on to our next story. Um, unless you have anything else to add? Uh, no, I, no, it's fine. We can go ahead. No. Okay, so our next story, um, I believe, was the uh, games console that has been on for 20 years. Yes. That's uh, um. I so feel bad that, for that console. Yeah, so basically the guy had got a Japanese platformer. Um, the name I have here somewhere uh, was Umihara Kawasei. Um, he kept the console on for 180,000 hours um, just to keep his save file intact because as soon as the battery in the cartridge died, the data would be lost. Um, so that's commitment right there for you. Um, what is your longest game save file in history? Uh, for any game, I think it was around four to five years. Somewhere in between there. Four and a half mm -hmm. years, roughly. Though it, was, it wasn't a game that you can complete. It was Sims, so... Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't really have that sort of situation. I don't have a long-lived game. The, the longest would probably be Skyrim or maybe Fallout 3 which I had going for several months, but, yeah, nothing over a year, as far as I can remember. The only game that I had that is a game you can actually complete was, um, that went on for very long, was Pokemon Fire Red. Mm. And that was mostly because I was a small child at the time and had a very limited, had a very limited sort of ability to focus on one thing at a time, so... It wasn't so much that it took me a year to complete, it was that I would play it for a month and then put it down and forget about it. Ah, uh, true, yes. So that's sort of like um, what you did uh, just last week. What do you mean? Um, just hinting that you were still a small child last week. Was I a small child last week? Um, I don't recall this. What? No, never mind. It was more like that was a very poor attempt at a joke about your age. Oh, yeah, anyway, moving on. Um, I'd rather be a child than an old man. Uh, good one. Um, so, after hearing that the guy had uh, had the console on for 20 years, uh, I googled um, longest ever, longest running ever game, thinking maybe someone has had a game running for longer than that. And somebody has. 
Though it wasn't um, a video game. It wasn't a video game. Uh, ten kids have had a game of tag that has been running for... Kids? Aren't they mo most of them older than you? Yes, they are now, but at the time they were kids. Okay. It's They've had a game of tag that has been running for over 23 years. Uh, it started in high school, uh, and they are now into their 40s. Um, and they've been playing tag for 23 years. That's impressive. That's a long time. They've they made a contract which stated that because they were adults and they had other commitments, they would only play tag during the month of February. Um, and basically, every other rule is the same uh, as the, the game you would have played as a child. Um, but because they're adults, they've uh, taken things to the extreme, um, going so far as to fly from Washington State in the U.S. Uh, to Munich in Germany for the pure goal of tagging one of the other players. That is absolutely brilliant as far as it's I am concerned. It's serious commitment. They even, one of them was even a law student who uh, wrote up something called the Tag Participation Agreement, which I'm quoting here, outlines the spirit of the game. That... So it's like a legally binding contract, basically. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, there's all sorts of um, stories about how they've broken into each other's houses to tag each other, how at one point somebody's neighbor uh, asked them to come out to inspect the new car, and one of the person who was it was hiding inside the trunk. Um, yeah, it's just, I, I, I like these men. I think they have a great sense of humor, and that's definitely going to want to be um, something that I aim to in life. I want to have a game of tag that lasts for 20 years. Who doesn't want to have a game of tag that lasts for 20 years? I mean, Well, to be honest, before tonight, when I actually discovered this article, me. You've wanted to have a game of tag that lasts for 20 years. You just didn't know it yet. Ah, I see. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was the longest ever game that I could find on the internet from my copious amounts of research. Here's a question for you. You're minding yeah. your own business, right? Mm -hmm. Someone comes up to your house, knocks on your door. Yeah. You answer. First, you know, obviously at first you think it's some sort of door-to-door -door salesman. Mm -hmm. you're, you're getting ready to slam the door in their face. Or hit them with a the crowbar. <laughs> or hit them with a the crowbar. Remind me not to become a door-to-door -door salesman in your country. <laughs> don't, don't worry. They're, they're extinct around here. I bet they're all in your they're all in your freezer or your backyard. <laughs> uh, one or the other. <laughs> um, and they come up to your house and they say, "Hey, man, uh, is it okay if I hide in the trunk of your car? I'm trying to tag my neighbor, tag your neighbor. What do you what do you say?" Um, assuming I you don't know about this story. <laughs> uh, honestly, um, I would say, "Are you crazy?" And then hit him with a crowbar. Um, but to be honest, I don't know. Actually, I would. Yeah, I'd probably do it. I think personally, I wouldn't believe them at first. <laughs> I, I would probably do it. I think it sounds crazy enough to be true. And at the end of the day, it's not like they're going to be sitting in the car so they can steal it. He went into the trunk. <laughs> so if you notice he's up to anything fishy, you just lock the front, the trunk, and drive into the river. <laughs> well, no, because then you lose your car. <laughs> 
<laughs> you really haven't thought this through, have you? <laughs> yeah, the car's a write-off at that point. It's fine. Oh, uh, wow. Okay. Uh, anyway, should we move on to our next story? Yes. Uh, our next story was about the Terry Garrett, who's the blind boy who completed The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. I would like to point out that he's incredibly smart, having... Because I don't exactly think Ocarina of Time is a relatively old game. I don't think it was built for surround sound. So I think it was very smart of him to place the speakers around him to create the sort of surround sound effect. Mm -hmm. I also think it was really smart of him to use Link's sword as a walking stick. Because he used it to hit off of the barriers of the areas he was in. So he would know what direction to go into. So he yep. could find things like doorways and that type of thing. I think that's absolutely genius. I would have never thought of that. Yeah. To be fair, if I were to become blind, I'd probably just, like, give up. I'd be like, that's it. <laughs> I'm just staying home. <laughs> yep. Um, anyway, um, I discovered while doing some research, because we were, we were talking about um, the sort of the amazing things that blind people can do, and um, I discovered something very similar to the way that uh, that guy, what was his name, sorry? Terry Garrett. Uh, I discovered something something similar in the actual real world. A guy called Daniel. In the Kish. actual real world, he's a real kid. Yeah. Come on. No, sorry, no. I mean, obviously, he was a real kid. But I mean, rather than speakers for a video game, this guy does exactly the same thing, but in the world around him. I know. He I was just making uses... a terrible joke at your expense. Sorry. I was making a terrible joke at your expense. Uh, okay, you just made me feel bad. You're welcome. <laughs> um, anyway, this guy called Daniel Kish, uh, he uses uh, like clicking sounds that he makes with his tongue and then listens for the rebound of the echoes coming back. And then he can paint a picture of the world around him and he it's, it's like echolocation like a dolphin or a bat would use. But he can do it. It's kind of, it's really cool, but it's kind of creepy at the same time. It is, but not only is it cool that he can do it he's also begun teaching other people how to do it so he taught himself echolocation mm -hmm. basically yeah which you know is something that dolphins and bats and I'm sure other animals can do just naturally but I didn't even know this was a thing that humans could learn to do and no I kind of thought it was something like you had to sort of have hard hardwired Mm. But it turns out he can do it, and he's teaching other people to do it, so good on him. That is crazy. Mm. No, I, when, in my research to find uh, amazing things blind people can do, I was immediately reminded of, of someone I learned in history class, who is Helen Keller, who she wasn't just blind, she was also deaf. She was, she was, she was born able to hear and see but when she was 19 months old so just under two years she got sick and lost both her sight and her hearing mm. and through some therapy or something she learned how to talk and learned how to write and she ended up becoming a, a world famous author and le and lecturer like she would go to universities and give lessons and she was the first person who is both blind and deaf to receive a bachelor's degree which is oh, a bachelor's degree was impressive regardless and when she was around in the 1920s 1930s hmm. never mind yeah. being blind and deaf yeah absolutely um so again one final person that i found doing my research was a guy called 
Eric Wainmeyer. I'm assuming that's how you say his name. Um, he uh, is basically uh, an adventure-loving blind person. Um, he has... Uh, sorry, he was the first blind... Uh, sorry, blah, blah, blah. In 2001, uh, he was the first and so far only blind man that has reached the summit of Mount Everest. Um, in 2008, so seven years later, he climbed the seven seven tallest mountains on each of the seven continents. No, sorry, he climbed the tallest mountain on each of the seven continents. Wow. Um, which is something that only 118 other people have managed, um, which you know is impressive by itself. And then you take into account that he's blind. He can't see what he's doing or where he's putting his hands. That has got to be extremely terrifying. Absolutely. Um, he also has uh, climbed uh, El Capitan in Yosemite, uh, as well as a vertical ice face in the pool, which was 2,700 feet straight up. Um, no thanks. I'm good. On the plus side, I bet he didn't have to worry about looking down. That's probably his major advantage, to be fair. Yeah, probably was. But anyway, kudos to him. Um, bit of a legend. Yeah, definitely. A total um, legend. Also, I'm just going to... Here we go. Free plug for Eric Wainmeyer. Um, he's written two books. Um, and his unique life story was made into an award-winning feature film called Father... Father Than the Eye Can See. To date, the film has raised over $600,000 for charity. That's impressive. So you yeah. hear that, Eric Weinmeier? If your book suddenly increases in sales of, a, of about 20 to 40 people, you got us to thank for that. Or, or one to two people. I'm going off our subscriber count, not our average view count, okay? I'm trying to be Fair optimistic. Cool. Fair cool. Fair cool. Okay. Um, also, um, I, I, I recommend that you go and, and check out his books or, or his movie. Um, because as we are a reputable news organization, we've done neither. <laughs> I would also <laughs> recommend that you go check out Terry Garrett's YouTube channel where you can watch him playing The Legend of Zelda, which I'm sure is a riveting event. As a Absolutely. reputable news journalist, I have not done that. Um, so. Now, I don't know how this uh, podcast is going to work. We may not be able to put any sort of link to his channel. So do you know what his channel is? Just for people listening at home or on the train and wherever they're listening. I will in a moment. Let me find it. Um, well, uh, it is Mega T Garrett, M E G A capital T G A double R E double T. Yeah, so make sure you go and check that out. Um, by all, all accounts, he's quite a cool guy. Assume, presumably, you came here from the news video on our YouTube channels though which there will be a link do, 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 that one yes exactly which there will be a link to his YouTube channel in the description of those videos yes or at least of mine in case Rugi forgets <laughs> but seeing as we're a reputable news organization that won't happen ha 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 anyway um, so from there I guess we go on to uh, something that we didn't talk about 
on TFBN News, but we're going to talk about here. Um, it's an issue that we discovered yesterday, was it? Yesterday or the day before. That is yeah. Deeply affects both of us and is absolutely absolutely. I it's was tragic. disgusted. It's tragic. Absolutely tragic. I was actually no. To be fair, I was in parts disgusted and also incredibly pleased. Um, we are talking about steam prices, or more specifically, variation on steam prices between different countries. Yeah, so we found, through some article, we found a website called steamprices.com. And what this website does is it'll take the price of a game in your country and then the price of a ga that same game in different countries' currencies. You can pick a few using the region setting. And then it converts that the price in that country's currency back to your currency. Mm. And then see if they're paying if the price they're paying is equal to more or less than yours in terms of value yeah um, and we had a play around with this the other night and we were pretty shocked yeah I honest, honestly I did not think it would be so huge so large of a difference yeah definitely yeah. I agree it was yeah it was ridiculous um so I I, mean, I found this via an art. Sorry, what was it? What were you saying? Some of the differences were ridiculously good, and some of them were mm. just absolutely horrendous. Yeah. So basically, I found this um, website through an article. Um, basically, they were talking about why the variation exists, and there's all sorts of tax reasons and um, other other things like that. But basically, what it burns down to is what it boils down to, sorry, is publishers can charge whatever they like in any region or any country in the world. Um, we found that some countries were far, far, far cheaper. Um, countries like Brazil and Russia get the best deals. Um, and some countries were just ridiculously expensive. And in the majority of countries, it's sort of 50-50. Some are going to be a lot more expensive, some are going to be a lot cheaper. Just like to mention, as a shout out, if we've got a Brazilian or Russian fan that wants to like hook us up, contacts. Contact Absolutely. Us. Absolutely. Um, we'll give you a shout out at some point on some video in the future, if we remember, which we probably won't, so don't hold your breath. And if you're over 18, we might even contemplate recording with you, maybe. 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 Um, anyway, um, let's let's um, search for some games, just as an example. What are you sure. going to search? I don't know. Name a game. Um, let's have a look at Fallout 4. Oh, that's my voice. <laughs> going through second puberty, apparently. Clearly. Um, and I will look for... All right, so Fallout 4 is... So the setting I have is I have Canadian dollars. I have the Canadian dollars, American dollars, the British pound, and New Zealand dollars. Those are the four currencies I'm using. So for Fallout 4, in Canadian, it's $79.99. Right. U.S. is 50 This is not the converted, by the way. Fifty-nine dollars ninety-nine cents. 
It's 39 pounds and 99 pence. I'm going to start saying dollars, though, even though I know it's pounds because it's a pain in the ass to switch back and forth. Right. New Zealand is a whopping $99.95. So, what we, okay, come on, hit us with the converteds. What does that work out? Who's so, paying the most? $59.99. Oh, no. Who's paying the least? Start at the bottom and work your way up. I am paying the least. Canadians are paying the least. Okay. And at $59.99 US is $84.40 Canadian, which is an increase of plus 5.51%. Okay, and then, so you're 5% cheaper than the States. And then 39 pounds and 99 pence, it turns into $80.40 Canadian. Which is an which is an increase of plus point five one percent. Right. So so they're paying about thirty nine cents more than I am. Good on okay. them. Ninety nine dollars ninety five cents New Zealand converts to. Now, as we have learned in this process, is our dollars are almost the same. Yeah. Is that it converts to ninety one dollars and ninety four cents Canadian, which is a grand total increase of plus. Fourteen point three five percent. Wow, wow. <laughs> I know. Um, I, I can. I can feel your heart breaking from here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I decided that I would look up an older game. I'm looking up Sid Meier's Civilization Five. It's Myers, uh, by the way. Sid Meier's, I'm calling it. <laughs> it's Myers. Okay, Sid Meier's Civilization Five. Um, right. So in New Zealand. Uh, it is worth nine dollars and ninety nine cents. Nice. In that's a special price. Uh, in the sorry, what countries did you use? Canada, United States, UK, and New Zealand. Okay. Um, in the US, it is seven dollars forty nine. Uh, in the UK, it's four pound ninety nine. Uh, in Canada, it's eight dollars and twenty four. And just for the hell of it, uh, because I was looking at this the other day, I've left Australia on here, and I'm going to include them on this one because it's quite shocking. In Australia, um, they are paying US $17.49. Now, I don't know why Australian dollars aren't represented. They just aren't. Um, so anyway, compared with New Zealand dollars, that means that Canada are paying $9.00. And that is cheaper by 9.87%. Uh, the UK comes next. They're paying 10 New Zealand dollars and 96 cents, which is 9.74% more. Um, the US are paying $11.51, which is 15.26% more. And Australia, it's a good job I left this up, are paying a grand total of 26 New Zealand dollars and 89 cents. And that is an increase of 169.15%. Wow. They're paying over, well, twice twice as much, and a half. That's insane. It's crazy. That makes you feel good, though. It does, actually. It does It does feel quite good. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> All um, right. So I want... another. All right, I went with Crusader Kings 2, the complete collection, which is a game we both own. Mm -hmm. Canadian, 
American, a hundred and fifty nine ninety nine. Uh, British pound is a hundred and twenty two ninety nine, and you have a grand total of a hundred and eighty nine ninety nine. But now we need to convert them. Of course. So American, one fifty nine. I'm going to stop with the cents. It's starting to piss me off. One hundred and fifty nine. Mm -hmm. is converted to 225 Canadian. That right. is a grand total increase of plus 28%. Wow. 28.6% actually. Uh, British pound, 122 converts into 247 Canadian, which is an increase of 41%. Ouch. 189 New Zealand converts into 173 Canadian, which is, and drum roll please, a grand total of minus 0.6%. Yes! I win! <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. Um, right. I'll do one more and then um, that, that that can be the end of our examples, I guess. And then we Unless can talk about how it makes us feel. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I've chosen to do a game that we both own. Uh, I'm doing Rocket League. Um, oh, which, in New Zealand dollars, uh, at the moment, is twenty three ninety nine. In the US, it's nineteen ninety nine US dollars. Uh, it's fourteen pounds and ninety nine in the UK, and in Canada, it's twenty one ninety nine. Um, so when you convert them, that means that Canada's twenty one ninety nine converts to twenty four dollars and three cents New Zealand, which means you are paying point one seven percent more than I did. Um, yay! Yay! The next one is the U.S. They're paying thirty New Zealand dollars and seventy three cents, which is twenty eight percent more. And the U.K. have got the worst of the bunch. They're paying thirty two. New Zealand dollars and 93 cents, which is 37.28% more. That is so, what are your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts are that this has completely blown my idea of different currencies and how much they're worth completely out of the water. Absolutely. As all this uh, time, I've been going, well, look at the UK. There's, they get, I spend 60, they spend 40, blah, blah, blah. They're spending actually like 70 or 80. Mm-hmm. Um, something that's really blown my mind is that, yes, the UK's currency is worth a lot more than others, um, which means that even though their prices sound like less, take Rocket League, for example, it's fourteen ninety nine compared with twenty three ninety nine in this country, they're actually paying a whole lot more, um, but they're getting the same game. Mm-hmm. They're paying something. In terms of value, they're understand. paying a lot more. It's it's very strange to think about. It's something I've I never would have thought of doing to look at the price of something in another currency and convert it into my own. Yeah, and figure I, honestly, out the value. It's not something I would ever have thought of being a thing. I honestly thought that if you see a game on Steam, like Rocket League, for example, and it's priced in your currency as twenty three ninety nine. That if I went to, say, Canada on a holiday, for example, and I wanted to buy the game there, I would pay exactly the same amount, but in the currency of that country. So, sure, it would be worth worth a different amount. But, but if you were to convert it, it would be the same. 
it would be exactly the same because you're buying the same game. But that's not the case at all. And in fact, correct me if I'm wrong, but in, in today's examples and also all through last night's experimenting, we never found a game which had a 0% we margin either way. Nope. No, we there didn't. was always a difference. Always a difference. I mean, even Rocket League right here, where between the uh, New Zealand and Canada is 0.17, there is still a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't understand how that's justifiable. Um, and I was looking through the article, and they do say that places like the European Union and the UK um, are taxed very heavily on online purchases. So, sure, that's going to... That's but it, does it say? Does account. it even say? Is it post tax prices that they're giving us though? That's yes. The, okay. Yeah. So, for example, the fourteen pounds and ninety nine p that you pay for Rocket League in the UK includes the taxes that you have to pay. Okay. Okay. It's good to know. So, obviously, in certain countries, there are lower or lower or higher taxes. Uh, in some countries, there are no taxes at all on online purchases. Uh, but one of the ones that really struck me as funny was that the U.S. pays, generally speaking, more than I do and more than you do, mm-hmm. despite the fact that, apart from in Washington State, they have no taxes on online purchases. I think the article you read stated that, or maybe one of us came up with it, but the reason for this is if they had, if they had huge gaps, which would happen if they used the proper conversion rate, Mm. Then, people from a country that has that has a substantially higher price, even though the value is the same, would complain. Yeah. So that in reality, if people actually knew the truth, it's disgusting when you think about it. It is. It's actually it's people are just straight up getting ripped off. Hmm. Hmm. Like, um, and. So I was I was going through this article and some of the other reasons that they um, that they've brought up um, was take it like countries for like Japan for example um, PC gaming is apparently very niche there and people are prepared to spend like eighty dollars US or whatever the equivalent is in in yen um, probably like a bazillion but they're prepared to spend that sort of money so Steam or the developer, sorry, will charge them that sort of money through Steam. Mm-hmm. Which means that game is being bought for, you know, a massive amount more than it's actually worth. Purely because people are prepared to pay that sort of money. Yeah, I'm actually... One thing that I find really interesting, I'm just doing... I'm just working this out now. Oh, sorry, a bug just flew into my eye. Oh, Fun! You we are, we are a professional news institution <laughs> where bugs can just fly at us at will. Yeah. We're we're a reputable, reputable news organization stationed apparently in the middle of a forest. <laughs> uh bamboo forest. Exactly. So I just worked it out. So CK2 if they use mm. proper conversion rates. Yep. Now just as a reminder, the original one Canadian is 174.99. Mhm. USD is one fifty nine ninety nine, British pound one twenty two ninety nine, and then New Zealand is one eighty nine ninety nine. Right. With the if they were to convert it properly, 
then it should have been 126.42 for the U.S. Instead uh, of instead of 159.99. So that's so a, hang, hang on. So what what should it have been? 126.42. You know that's what thirty odd dollars. Yeah, extra. let me actually work out the differences with these. Take away 126.42. So they would make they would make a savings of. $33.57 if they use the proper conversion rate. You know, that's not an amount of money that's going to change the world, but in today that's going to make a huge difference to a lot of people. Although uh, this is where you start to see why they make the rates a little, the difference is a little smaller. Mm. Is when we get to New Zealand, what was originally $189.99 mm. now becomes. 193.26. It would cost you three dollars and twenty-seven cents more. Which is oh, not. That's that's interesting. And then here's the here's the real kicker. I feel really bad for these poor bastards. Yep. We just work the difference out here. Let me guess. UK. Instead of 122.99, if they converted. Is is this the UK? Yeah. Yeah. What they should, what it would have been had they converted it properly, was eighty-five sixty-seven. Oh, so, so that's a saving wow. of thirty-seven dollars or thirty-seven pound and thirty-two pence, which is almost forty forty pound. That is, that is that's a big huge. difference. That's huge. And that stays consistent with the Rocket League, which I went through too. Mm. That it goes from uh, what was the original prices? The original uh, prices. Still have them. So the original was twenty three ninety nine NZ, twenty one ninety nine Canadian, nineteen ninety nine US, and fourteen ninety nine UK. So New Zealand again would have gone up, mm. but that does make sense. Your dollar is worth a little bit less than mine is. Yeah. Twenty five. So twenty four twenty nine. So you would have had to pay an extra thirty cents. You poor thing. How would you? Woo! Yeah, <laughs> saving thirty cents, baby. No paying an extra. <laughs> well, oh. you saved thirty cents. Yeah, I, exactly. I saved thirty cents. If they they used the proper conversion rates, the UK would have saved five pounds, and the US would have saved four dollars. Yeah, and again, at that sort of thing, that's not a huge deal, but it's still that's. For something that costs what nineteen or you know twenty twenty five dollars, especially like the bigger price games like Crusaders, or if you buy if we buy a lot of games, mm. four or five dollars yeah. adds up after a while. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so here's something else interesting: um, Russia and Brazil were the two countries uh, apparently which have got the lowest prices for games. Um, yes. The reason for it is. Because um, Russian uh, store bought games are priced by the disc. A one disc game is four dollars. Two discs is eight dollars, um, etc., etc., etc. So, if you were charging Rocket League at twenty one ninety nine mm-hmm. or twenty dollars, say an even number in Russia. You would be expecting a game which has got five discs. All right, so let's just let's have a little fun with this here. So I just mm-hmm. grabbed it. 
Because so, everyone knows maths is fun. Maths with TNF, TFF, I can't even say our news station name. <laughs> TFBN, woo! Okay. Maths with TFBN. So I just grabbed Brazil's price. I don't Whiskey know. Math Lander. And the Russian. I don't know what their currency is called. So. Uh, we'll call uh, Russian ruble. Yeah, and, and then I don't Brazilian. know what. We'll dollar. call it the Brazilian dollar. So in Brazil, it's $36.99 for them. And it this is Rocket League, by the way. Mm-hmm. And Russia is 419 rubles. So let's go uh, to it's, our... It's the Brazilian real, by the way. Ah, I'm saying dollar. Okay. Sucks to be them. I've renamed their currency. Pretty sure it's not how it works, but I've decided. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Uh, while we're waiting for that to load, load, I can tell you that Brazil is a vast South American country, stretching from the Amazon Basin in the north to vineyards and massive Ikuasu Falls in the south. I have to switch these around now. There we go. All right. I'm finding out how much they are converted into our currencies. Mm. Why don't you con- continue educating them about the countries? Uh, okay. Um Rio de Janeiro is going to be the um, the host city for this year's Olympic Games um, coming up in the summer or winter if you're in my part of the world. Um, it has that massive statue of Jesus called Christ the Redeemer, which is on top of Mount... Oh, good grief. Corcovado. <laughs> um, the famous Copacabana Beach is there. Um, and the Amazon rainforest is in Brazil. And uh, Brazil is also famous for Brazil nuts. All right, now teach them about Russia. Um, Russia is an ex-communist state in northern Europe and Asia. It stretches over two continents because it's greedy. Um, (laughs) I'm pretty sure, although don't quote me on this because I've done no research and I currently have the Wikipedia page for Brazil up. (laughs) Um, I'm pretty sure it's the country with the largest... uh, Area, land area, surface area. Yes, in the it's world. the largest. Canada's um, the second largest. It stretches. It's very, very close to America, to Alaska in its uh, east, I believe that is. No. Yes, on its right hand side it is the east. Russia's east, I mean. Um, I guess sorta. Ca- yeah, its capital is Moscow. Um, Moscow. Moscow. Uh, the Mr. Putin lives there. He's either a legend or a bit of a dick, depending on your political ideology. Well, depending on how you pronounce it, a really, really good snack in Canada, because Putin. <laughs> Yay! Yay, a joke that 90% of our viewers or listeners will not get. Good job. We are a reputable news organization. Um, yeah. Uh, so that's that's Russia, and there's plenty of other big cities like St. Petersburg. Um, the the Hermitage uh, is there. Um, All right, are you ready for some mathing? Well, hang on, hang on. I've okay. got one more sorry, fact. I'm sorry. One more fact. I'm sorry. Um, no, I don't. Carry on. Oh yes, I do. Russia has an abundance of oil, natural gas, and precious metals. You hear Indeed. that, America? Better get going. <laughs> Better time to start deploying the troops. 
This is Russia. Did you not see Modern Warfare 3? <laughs> Good point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Rocket League for me was 21.99 and for you was 24.29. Oh no, 23.99, 20, sorry. 23. Yeah, 21.99 for you, 23.99 for me. All right. If I had brought, bought it in Brazil and then converted <laughs> the currency, it would have cost me a grand total of $12.93, which is what half ish. Yeah, about half. Yes, yeah, 22 half would be about 11. So yeah, just just under half. I would have saved $9. Which sure is not huge on a on something that size, but if you think about something like Crusader Kings, which is hundreds of dollars, that's going to be massive. It would have been a significant difference. Um, I'm just going to look that up now while you continue talking. You actually saved more money than I did, not by much, but a so little what? bit. Are we talking Brazil or Russia? Brazil. Okay, In I'll Brazil, you would have paid $14.28 New Zealand. Which would have saved you nine dollars. That is very cool. Um, Brazil just get it lucky. I'm just. I, I already did Russia. I already have the numbers. Oh, carry on. Well, while you're doing that, I'm going to do Crusader Kings. Fair enough. Okay, so in Russia, for twenty one ninety nine to buy Rocket League, I would have paid seven dollars and seventy three cents Canadian. I would have made a grand total saving. Did you say seven dollars? Seven dollars. Instead of twenty odd, twenty-two. I would have it? saved fourteen dollars and twenty-six cents. Wow! Wow! Yeah. That wow! You would have paid eight dollars and fifty-four cents. You would have saved fifteen dollars and forty-five cents if you had. <laughs> Paid someone in Russia to buy it for you. Okay, are you ready for Crusader Kings? I think, um, sorry guys, this isn't going to be the last edition of TFBN News. I think we have figured out our Get Rich Quick scheme. We need to run. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. <laughs> we can, we're done. <laughs> okay, I'm. which Crusader Kings did you do? The, the, second, the complete collection. Okay, I'm going to need to change my search then because it hasn't come up. Crusader Kings, and then I'll say Crusader Kings 2 Collection. Oh, that's itchy. Okay. Uh, it doesn't come up under that. I'm just going to just gonna have to search for it the old-fashioned way, guys. Bear with me. Crusader Kings Complete. I need Crusader Kings 2. Do, 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 do. Why don't you regale us with some uh, fun facts on um, the upcoming Olympic Games? I am not the person to ask. Next question, please. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm lost. Uh, uh, oh my god, there's so many expansion packs of Crusader Kings, I have to scroll through all of them. You want me to just grab it for you? Just entertain the listeners. <laughs> no, I need to feel like I'm being productive. Okay, fine, fair enough. Fuck Russia, go to hell, Russia. Sorry, I just looked up how much it would have cost me in Russian rubles. Okay, never mind. You look it up because I can't find it. Okay. Oh, dear, dear, dear. Um. Yeah. So, 51 And then we need New Zealand and dollars. Of course. Oh, wait. Um, no, don't do New Zealand. So let's go back to some interesting um, Brazil facts. 
Um, did you know that Brazil has the ninth largest economy in the world uh, and the seventh largest by purchasing power parity? Like anyone knows what that is. Yeah, I don't know what that is. No, neither. It's uh, the largest of Latin America and the second largest in the Western Hemisphere. Bet you couldn't guess which the first was. Uh, in the Western Hemisphere? Mm. The largest, what is it, the largest country? Economy. I don't know, America? Mexico? Fuck yeah. America. I don't know. Presumably. I don't actually know, I never researched this, I'm just assuming. Um, which means Brazil is officially bigger than Canada. Congratulations to you, Brazil. Um, I'm just going to look up their credit rating because I don't know why I clicked on the economy of Brazil because it's so boring. Oh, the minimum wage set for the year of 2014 is 724 reals per month. I should figure out how much that is. I'm kind of curious now, but I won't. No, I think we've gone on for far too long. Just mumbling about um, about the about the exports of Russia. <laughs> we need to entertain them somehow. Wow, wow. Okay, um, I guess I've dropped my uh, notes on the floor. <laughs> um, we should go back and talk about some of the upcoming game release. Oh God, I haven't written them down. Oh shit! I need to wait for Google to sort itself out. I didn't go to New Zealand. Okay. I went to new. Where did I go? The new new Taiwan dollar. New, new Taiwan. <laughs> That's a place. Wow. And they have their own dollar. Wow. Okay, so I guess we can talk in the in the meantime. We can talk about um, whether this is going to affect our opinions of Steam. Um, for me, it has because I always a little bit, yeah. <laughs> as like the holy grail of cheap games. And realistically, it is if you live in Brazil or Russia. But I, I think Bra I think Brazil or Russia are just the holy grail of cheap games, not Steam. Yeah, true. <laughs> if you live in the UK, it doesn't matter where you buy your whoops. It doesn't matter where you buy your games from. Um, I've just spilt drink all over me because <laughs> <laughs> we are a professional news organisation. Never mind, I can't remember what? what I was saying. What? What? That's what? not right. That's wrong. I need to fix... You know. No, that is wrong. Wrong. Should we, should we move on? Oh, that's because I'm putting in the wrong price for for Russian. Okay. I was like, oh. what do you mean, five dollars? <laughs> five Wow. Wow. They had the wrong, I still um, had Brazil's price in the, in the box. So, this is something that I've... I, honestly, I still tend to prefer buying my games in a store. I'm one of those old school people that, that like is to have... next to impossible in Canada for PC games. Yeah, it's getting very, very rare here. It's like console games are pretty much everywhere, but PC games you get a very, very small selection, if any. Even console games are getting hard to find here. Really? Yeah. No, have... surely not. Other than handhelds, they're, they're getting increasingly difficult to find. And the the places that do have them tend to not have very good selections. Really? Really. We've got we've got a pretty good selection in this country, and they're pretty much everywhere for consoles, but PC games are just like... 
rare. They're like a a oasis in a desert. See, we have we have GameStop stores, and they're all over the place. But the mm. stores seem to be getting smaller and smaller and smaller, and emphasizing more on selling the actual consoles than the games. And the sections for the games get smaller. The site, like. There's um the GameStop by my house, for example, has started selling like i like phone cases. It's getting desperate. Mm. Once a once a game game place is selling phone cases, it's getting desperate. Yeah, there's problems. <laughs> there's definitely problems. Um, something that um I want to know, and I'm just going to search for this now. And I'm sorry to all the listeners at home because we are obviously running on for a very long time. Um. Fallout 4, apparently, according to this, on Steam, in New Zealand dollars, is $99.95. I bought my copy for 70 bucks at a store. And you got a CD. And I got a CD. And you raged about the download speed. It didn't tell you 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 needed to have. I did. I did. But I got it for cheaper than Steam. And I got a disc. That you can show off to people. Well, it's not that. It's the fact that if you buy something online, you exp- uh, a digital download, you expect it to be cheaper because you're not buying the disc or any of the manufacturing costs. Or the shipping. Or, or the shipping. Or, you know, getting... This, yeah, you, you expect it to be cheaper. And the fact is, it isn't. Which is just insane, in my opinion. Sorry, I was yawning there. Um... I think that's just insane, and it's kind of like it's kind of nice having a hard copy of a game. It's a, sort of a bragging rights in a way. I well, guess what? I mean, this is going to really shock you because you probably weren't born at the time. But believe it or not, games used to come with manuals in the box that you could physically read. How young do you think I am? Uh, <laughs> I don't know exactly when it changed. Like okay. when. When manuals became so rare, it sort of stuck up on you. Like, the last game that I can remember buying with a decent manual was Roller Coaster Tycoon 3. And that would have been maybe. I think perhaps a lot of it has to do with the type of games I bought when I was a kid, though. Mm. Because until I was like 12, the only game I ever really owned was Sims. And to this day, Sims comes with manuals. Mm. So. How's the um, Crusader Kings search going? Uh, it's done. Okay, give it, hit it, hit it. Okay. Hit me with it. So in Canada, Crusader mm-hmm. Kings 2 full collection is $174.99. Right. In New Zealand, it's $189.99. Right. If we had paid someone in Brazil to buy it for us and then converted our money to theirs and paid them off, mm-hmm. I would have paid $97.86. Which is a saving of? I didn't calculate that part. Give me a second. I did. Heaps. Heaps. <laughs> yeah. That's how much you saved? Heaps. Look, if it's 90 bucks and you paid 175 that's close to half again. I saved $77, and I, the cents don't matter. Yeah. And so, then... I mean, that's crazy. So what, what would I have saved? You would have saved... 10807 you would have saved eighty-one dollars. Why are you save? Why did you save more than me? It just makes me angry. That is amazing. You would have saved eighty-one dollars. That is so crazy. So the moral of the story: Brazilian holidays for everyone. But wait, there's more. Oh God. 
So again, the I paid the off. People at, the people at home are like, please let this end. <laughs> Give me a I second. don't want to hear about these cheap games anymore. It just makes me sad at the exorbitant prices I must pay. <laughs> it's making the people in Russia feel real good about themselves, though. They're like, yeah, bitches. All right, I'm just we trying. have cheap games here. That's how they speak in Russia. Pretty sure it's not a Russian accent. No, I'm pretty at sure all. it's not either. <laughs> like, don't think Sorry, you Russian got... listeners. Okay, so 179.99 for me, and 189.99 for you. Now, if we had paid, if we had gotten some guy in Russia to buy the games, converted our money, and then paid him off, mm-hmm. we would. I would have spent a hundred. I would have spent fifty-one dollars and eleven cents. And you would have spent fifty-six dollars and forty-four cents. It's unbelievable. I would have saved one hundred and twenty-three dollars and eighty-eight cents, and you would have saved one hundred and thirty-three dollars and fifty-five cents. That is incredible. I need to get me a Russian hookup. A what? I need to get myself a Russian hookup. That's what I need. Oh, oh! <laughs> you thought I said hooker. I did. <laughs> Maybe wow. you need a Russian hooker. Wow. <laughs> your mind wow. is in the gutter. <laughs> wow. I. Wow. <laughs> okay. Um, wow. But I think on that blonde Russian bombshell, it's a good time to leave. <laughs> um, so what have we learned in this episode of uh, the TFBN podcast? In an, e- in an effort to not have people rage about prices, Steam is ripping everyone off. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've also learned important information about the um, exports of Russia and Brazil. Um, we've learned about <laughs> blind people achieving great things. That's no no laughing matter. Kudos to them. Good on you. Um, and other things. Uh, I would be able to list them, but I've dropped my paper. <laughs> What else did we learn today? Uh, we learned about a guy who kept his console on for 20 years and how the console yes, still manages to run. And the people that have been playing a game of tag for 23 years. And stupid parents to stupid children who think a game costs $8,000. <laughs> and uh, how not to use Minecraft in classrooms. Also, how to not buy fake Minecraft. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's been quite a quite a epic episode. I guess. I hope you guys learned a lot from us and really yeah. really enjoyed, especially the bit um, with the math and the money. Yeah, the math and the money. Eskimath Lander there. Again, if there's someone in Russia or Brazil who wants to set us up, yeah, just uh, you can get my contact email in the about me of my channel, of my YouTube <laughs> channel. Just just throwing that out there. Okay, so um, I guess it's time to end. So thank you very much for tuning into this first ever episode of the TFBM podcast. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you are not coming from our YouTube channels, uh, make sure to go and check those out. You'll find a link to those somewhere on this podcast page. I don't really know how it works. <laughs> We'll figure that out later because we are a reputable news organization. Just in case we find out that there is no way to leave a link, it is Eskimo Lander and Rugisan. You can just search them on YouTube. Yep. I'm pretty sure we are the only people with those names. Yes. Um, So, yeah, thanks very much for watching, and we will see you next month for another edition 
of TFPN Podcast. Bye, guys. Goodbye.